This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! So let's talk about wrestling. I guess I could do that. You know what? The first thing I want to cover, I'm just jump right into it because I'm actually pretty damn excited about this. Uh, even though I'm not going to see it live and in person because I'm not I'm not going to this country to do this. But uh, for the first time in 22 years, Kevin Von Erich's going to be stepping back into the ring. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin Von Erich, first time in, like I said, 22 years. He's 59 years old. So, I mean, he was only 37 when he retired, when he walked away from wrestling, which isn't that old in wrestling years, honestly. Wasn't, wasn't he the one that hated wrestling? No, nope. No, was I mean... the Von Erich that was like, I hate this business, but he does it anyway? Wasn't uh, one of them... I don't remember any of the Von Erichs hating it. I remember Owen Hart allegedly didn't care for wrestling, but no, he did it anyways. No, no. I, I um, swear there was one of the Von Erichs, like, just hated the business. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, He didn't hate it. He didn't want to be a wrestler. It was Mike. Is that what it was? Yeah, oh, it was Mike, Mike yeah. Von Erich. He didn't want to be a wrestler. You know, like, he just didn't want to wrestle. He wanted to be involved in the business, but he didn't want to be a wrestler. And but he had the hype for it, you know, and he kind of had the build before he got sick and he kind of got forced into it because of like David and Carrie's deaths and David's death and everything. Right. Um, but no, Kevin Von Erich, the only remaining Von Erich brother alive, um, stepping back in the ring in Israel of all places later this year. I don't know what the date is, um, but he's going to be in a six man tag team and with his sons, Marshall and right. Ross. Why yeah. aren't you going? Because it's in Israel. I mean, if you're a fan. I have yet to even go to Madison Square Garden, which I, <laughs> I plan to someday still. But this is in Israel. Um, and some people may go, why the hell is he wrestling in Israel? Well, for whatever reason, world-class championship wrestling and the Von Eriks were over huge in Israel. I mean, absolutely huge to the point where world-class was doing tours of Israel back in the mid, early and mid-80s. And they were selling, I mean, they were doing tremendous busy over there because syndicated, they had syndicated TV over there and the people loved them for some reason. And so that's why he's wrestling in Israel. I'm hoping it reads to maybe wrestling a couple more matches over here. And of course, just like a month ago, I, I posted a, uh, uh, the last match, uh, blog post or post on my blog, the wrestling insomniac talking about the Von Eriks. So now I got to update it. Right. After the match and everything. But yeah, so Kevin Von Eric stepping back in the ring first time in 22 years. And, that, is, uh, that is news that I was not expecting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm very excited about it. You know, his actual last match was against Justin Hawk Bradshaw or JBL, whatever you want to call him, you know, John Hawk. Right. Um, so, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm really, really, and truly looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm curious to see. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be footage somewhere online. Oh, it's got to be online at some point or somewhere. Absolutely. You know, it's got to yeah. be. It'll be online somewhere. <clears throat> so anyhow, that's my big news. 
that I wanted to lead off with because I was a huge fan of the Von Erich. I'm, I'm a huge fan of wrestling, obviously, and right. I love watching world class. And I like watching the Von Erichs, and uh, you know, I, um, I got to tell you, yeah, growing up, Texas Tornado, yeah, oh yeah, was one of my favorites. Oh, mine too. Absolutely. I, first of all, I loved his music. He yep. just had some kick-ass music, and then he'd come down there, and you know, I loved, I absolutely loved his tornado punch. Yes, sir. I I don't know why, I, I think but there I was something about it. That he had giant fringe on his boots that spun yep. around when he did the punch. Yep, that helps. I, I was not such a fan of his finisher. The claw. Yeah, I don't know why that just never. Well, the thing is, he actually the tornado punch was actually supposed to be his finish in the WWE. The claw wasn't supposed to be. That was just supposed to be a setup hold. Whereas, in World Class and in everywhere else, he always used the claw, and the tornado punch was a setup to the claw, basically. Right. But like he did the match with uh, what was it when he won the belt from Kurt Henning? You know, I yeah. just I remember Kurt Henning had him back in the corner, and and I don't know if he slapped him in the face or chopped him or did something now. And I just thought it was odd because Henning walked away and turned around and, and Von Eric no-sold it and just walked out of the corner and boom, tornado punch. And Kurt Henning did one of his you know inside-out flips, bumps that he does. Yep. And Gary Von Eric pinned him, won the belt. I was, I was jacked Speak, about that. Speaking of those flips, I would love when Mr. Perfect was walking along the ropes and whoever it was, the big boss man or someone would like kick his leg and they'd do the backflip on the ropes then he'd get up and he'd start walking again along the ropes and he'd yep. kick his leg out again yep. and he'd do, oh god yeah he'd do that best. that weird flip where he'd kind of hold on to the top rope while doing it <clears throat> yeah yep. I would go nuts every time he did that it was the best but um, speaking with Kerry Von Eric, I, I want to say my very favorite ever uh, Survivor Series team was the Ultimate Warrior Carrie Von Eric and the Legion of Doom. Oh yeah, that was an awesome team. That it was like if you could take my four favorite people at the time in wrestling. Yep. I mean, how they did it and threw them on the same team. It was just like, oh my god, this is the best. And the thing too is like, um, Carrie Von Eric's nickname in World Class was the Modern Day Warrior. So like, yeah. to me, I was just like, oh my god, they're all warriors. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 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 Ah, that was a great that was one of my other favorite uh, Survivor Series teams was uh, when all three members of Demolition were actually on the same team it's the only match I can think of where all three of them were legally competing what, in the same match wasn't that that year it was the three of them and Mr. Perfect yes against the Road Warriors and Ultimate Warrior and and yeah. yeah yeah it's the only time I can remember the three members of demolition being like like I never saw them in a six man tag well you know <laughs> I liked I mean I never understood how and I mean I guess with the Bella twins doing like twin magic I guess you could kind of understand how you might not get that they change people in the ring yeah but when crush would be under the ring and they would be having a match and axe would like get pummeled and thrown out and Crush would slip into the ring and just yeah. like start beating people and they'd win I'm like he's a foot taller than the guy he's got long hair yeah you know just because they have face paint in the same tights like you can't tell that that's someone different yeah that was that was some weak sauce right there yeah I want to say they did that against the Legion of Doom which is how they retained their belts once it was like the Killer Bees yeah the Killer Bees could pull it off because they wore they wore masks 
Yeah, exactly. And they could swap in and out because they had masks on. Yep. Probably the worst ever Survivor Series team uh, that I ever saw together was um, the four doinks, but it was men on a mission and the Bushwhackers. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was a bad one. All right, you, so going back. Know, hold on. You know, I just just thinking about how the Killer Bees would change. One of my favorite things yep. in wrestling is when you would have a tag team and I never understood why this made any sense. You would have, the, you know, the tag team, probably the bad guys, would be working over one of the, the good guys in their corner. And they would start taunting the tag team partner. And he would try and step into the ring, and the referee would have his back turned to what's going on in the ring, trying to push him back in the corner. Yeah. And the bad guys, they would switch who was in the ring without making a tag, and one of them would just clap loudly. Clap his hands, yeah. <laughs> saying that and like, the ref would turn around a tag and he would hear that there was a tag yeah but like you're in the corner <laughs> so why not just tag the guy right and but my favorite part of that whole thing is usually the reason why the ref was distracted is because <laughs> the the good guy had made a tag but the ref's back was turned because he was distracted by the yep. heel and then he would turn around push the other guy out of the ring and then turn back around the heels would swap places and he'd like the ref would clap his hands together like you guys tag yeah. And they're like, yeah, we tagged. He's like, okay, here we go. I'm I gonna love, check the I chin. You know what I mean? Random, Even though, like, he just like, clap yeah, tag. yeah. He just, well, I didn't see the baby faces tag, so I gotta get that. But I didn't see the heels tag. But I guess it's okay because well, they said they it. did. Yeah, I heard it. Yeah, I, I heard <laughs> the tag. Yeah. <sighs> That's fantastic. Yeah, I don't know why I thought of that, but it just. Oh, I'm glad you did. Popped into my head is something I always like. I heard, um, I was listening to Killing the Town the other day, and Cyrus was complaining about this, and I tend to agree with him. It's the times when, like, you would have, say, a tag team match, and all four guys would be on the floor, and the referee would start his 10 count, or even a one on one match, and the referee starts the 10 count. But every time someone goes through the ropes or breaks the plane of the ropes, it's supposed to restart the count, because you broke the plane of the ropes. You know what I mean? That's mm -hmm. the rule we all know. Uh, but the ref would get to like nine and then one member of the team would slide in or one of the people would slide in and then he'd go ten and ring the bell. Yeah. And it always bothered me because it's like, well, wait a second. <laughs> he didn't yeah. restart the count. He's legally supposed to restart the count. I just wish they would make some sort of addendum rule basically saying like if the referee, you have to break the count by eight or the referee or the count doesn't get restarted. Because then you could do those things, and it would make be legal and make sense, where the referee would hit eight, and then you know, okay, he's not going to start the count unless both guys get in the ring. And then yeah. one guy could slide in the ring at nine, and the referee could say ten, and that would be the end of it. You know, I want to say, I, I don't remember who it was. It seems like something Bret Hart would have done. But I, I remember distinctly in my mind there was a match when I was a kid where – it was both people were just out out of the ring yeah and right before 10 someone like hopped up and slid in and that's how they won yep and i remember being like you know going totally bonkers thinking that it was the greatest you know oh my god he beat the 10 count i can't believe he did that like he slid in at like nine and a half 
Okay, my example of this while I'm talking about this, this thing, okay. involved a tag team match with Bret Hart. And Bret Hart's the one that slid in the ring right the before the 10 be. count. So we're probably thinking of the same flipping <laughs> match. very well could have been the same match. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I don't remember the specifics of the match, but I know it was the Hart Foundation. And that's why I said tag team when I said tag team. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, it just it sounds like something Bret Hart would think to do. Oh, yeah. That nobody else would have done. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Incidentally, the Warriors against the Perfect Team Survivor Series 1990. If anyone wants to go watch it, hell yeah! I may have to watch it after we get done talking tonight myself. Now, was that the year that they did the um, the Ultimate Survivor? Yes, match? that was. Okay. Yep, that was the year where Hogan and Warrior Hogan went on to co-win, and, and Tito Santana advanced well, just their... to be fodder. Yes, he was their red shirt. Yep. Ah, Tito Santana. I missed that. Yeah, I like the Can-Am connection. Tito Santana, uh, Rick Martel, and Tom Zink. Yeah. Yeah, Tom Zink was pretty good, too. I I think the, the common denominator there is I liked Rick Martel. <laughs> I, I was not a fan of him as the model. Nope. But I think, I, I mean, look, he took that gimmick and people freaking Oh, hate, God, yeah. Which was amazing. But... Yep. Yeah, I always I always liked him in tag stuff. He's the only reason why I knew what an atomizer was. <laughs> so, anyhow, um, I got some other news I want to talk about real quick. Okay. It's some WWE related stuff. So, uh, well, Ember Moon's out with her shoulder injury, so she's not going to be in the Fatal Four Way match at NXT. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be a triple threat now, I guess. And Emma is injured. Yep. Which is, you know, why not? Let's keep her off TV longer. Yeah, you know but what? It'll be like a year by the time, like, she's probably back if she ever comes back. But th- this is the thing. I seriously, and I'm not saying this, like, facetiously, I think she is one of the best female wrestlers on the roster. And the fact that she has not had a chance to actually, like, wrestle in seven years because yeah, of injury. Right? Is, like to me is a huge shame like she I I think that she is on par with you know like the Baileys and, and Charlottes and everyone but like I mean whatever that Emelina thing was was ridiculous yeah, it was kind of garbage but like she's finally back and she sort of has a program with with uh just forgot her name with Brooke yep Brooke yeah um Dana Brooke Dana Brooke, yeah. And, uh, you know, they're finally, like, something. And then now, did you see how she got hurt? Yeah, Sasha Banks injured her. At first, I thought it was Seth, Seth Rollins that injured her, because, you know, why not? No. Uh, no yeah, but she did the, uh, it was the, the double the, knee the drop knee in the corner, yeah. Yeah, yeah and she she fell very strangely. Yeah. Her arm. Yeah, and unfortunately, um, Braun Strowman's also out. And I yeah. mean that when I say unfortunately. I know they did the storyline shoulder injury on Raw last night, but he has an elbow issue he has to have surgery on. He's going to be out 48 weeks, and it's like horrible timing because he's white hot right now. Yeah, I mean, he's... You know? He is what's bringing the title actually onto TV. Yeah. In another four weeks at the pay-per-view. Right. But, uh, I don't know. It's 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 a damn shame. Yeah. So 
Raw, not Raw, WWE did uh, some of the matches they had over there in the UK, and they taped some episodes of the new UK-only TV show. And that's going to air later this month on the network, starting later this month on the network. And um, one of the things that it was determined, and big old spoiler alert for you, but at NXT TakeOver Chicago, we're going to get Pete Dunne against Tyler Bate for the UK Championship. Oh, cool. I'm very excited about that. But I was reading the cards for the TV tapings that they did. And truthfully, I'm pretty annoyed, actually. Because this is supposed to be a UK show. And yet, you have a bunch of the 205 Live guys on it having matches. Right. And I just... I'm that's They have their own show. They have segments on Raw. They don't need to be on the UK TV show. It kind of annoys me a bit. I, yeah. But... If on the UK TV show they're given time to have more than an eight-second match over who gets to hold hands with a girl, I'm all for it. But no, see, I'm not because it's supposed to be UK talent, you know. Rather you have you can have the you can have the British ladies on the show. You can have, right. you know, it's that's that's what it's supposed to be, and it's not. You have, a, and I'm not saying, I, but I don't. You know, you have Rich Swan, T.J. Perkins, uh, you know, Akira, uh, Akira Tazawa, sorry, I can't talk. You know, I mean, they're not I'm not hating on who they have on the show. It's just they have their own damn show. Yeah. You know? No, I agree. And that that's kind of annoying to me. So, <clears throat> last week, we didn't have an episode, a new episode. We had an interview with Larry Huntley that I did that we, 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 we aired. Uh, schedules kind of didn't conflict, so we didn't get to talk about payback. Oh yeah, I wouldn't mind talking about payback briefly if you're okay with that. I'm okay with that because briefly is all the payback I can talk. <sighs> I actually didn't think it was a bad show. I thought Jericho versus Owens was a good match. I was really surprised that that Jericho won the match. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it almost felt like it was a waste because you knew Owens was going to win right back because Jericho's leaving to go on tour. Correct. Um, um, I did, uh, not to break off the payback, yeah, I thought the match the two of them had on Raw <clears throat> the next night was fantastic. Yep. I thought it may have been better than the pay-per-view match. I thought it was pretty close. But, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was pretty close. I don't really know which one was better than the other. I just thought it was... They had two good solid matches, you know. And if you if you count the WrestleMania match, they had three good matches. Like they had a good set of three matches, a really good series. Like say what you want about Chris Jericho, I really feel like you know when he says that this run that he just had was his favorite he's ever had. He had some great matches this run, you know, for yeah, a guy that's I mean, forty six years old. He had some great matches. For me, I would probably put it third, as as my favorite of his. Yep. I thought the run he did with Shawn Michaels. Oh, was that was the absolute best. Amazing. That was his absolute best. <clears throat> and, yeah. And I thought, for me personally, when he first came out, came over as Y2J. Yep. I I mean I was a huge fan of his in WCW. Same here. And when he came to the WWF slash E, I was like super pumped. Oh, I and popped big I thought, time. You know, it was fantastic, and I thought his—I mean, his initial run was not wonderful, but when, when he got the, um, when he unified the belts, I thought for a bit there, like anything he did was gold. 
I didn't like when he started teaming up with Stephanie. It didn't make any sense. He just spent years insulting her on a daily basis. And then now he's teaming with her against Hunter. And it was just like, when Hunter came back and then he won the Royal Rumble, it was just like, oh, Jericho's just holding on to the title until WrestleMania. Right. That's what it was. Um, Austin Aries and Neville had a great match. Great match. I loved the finish. I did too. I loved that it was a disqualification. I thought it was yep. great because it keeps the feud going and it gives Aries a win. Yes. And, you know, now they can have a no disqualification match at Extreme Rules or something like that. Yeah, because so, I, I mean, I can't... I, I was trying to think of a time when someone was in a submission hold that couldn't get to the ropes and instead of submitting, they would just grab the ref and throw them yeah. or something to right. get themselves disqualified. I remember what, there was a match when Randy Orton... I think Randy Orton was champion. And he was just, he couldn't get up from uh, out of his own way in this match. And he was just, he was losing bad, basically. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he just hauls off and slaps Mike Kyoto in the face. <laughs> and Kyoto looks at him like, what the fuck did you just do? And then turns and rings the bell and disqualifies him. And it was just like, oh my god, that was brilliant. Like, because right. he was losing. You know, he was, he was, you know, looked like for all tense per he's going to lose the belt. I can't remember who the match was again, but I just remember him hauling off and slapping Kyoto in the face. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Hmm. Um, the Hardy Boys against Cesaro and Sheamus. I actually thought I, I enjoyed this match, and I enjoyed the post-match beatdown. Uh, I did not. No? No. I, I had an issue with it. What was I that? I thought Cesaro and Sheamus. Yep. They... Seamus had been a heel forever. Mm-hmm. Mostly because people were just sort of indifferent towards him. Correct. People would cheer Cesaro and everyone thought that it was, you know, it was one of those, haha, it's funny that we're cheering for half of the tag team. Yep. But they had literally just gotten Seamus over as a babyface. <sighs> yes, I know what you're saying, yes. Only to turn him into a heel half an hour later. Yeah, I mean, the the simple fact is I've actually grown to really enjoy uh, Cesaro and Sheamus as a team. I still do not care for them. And and last night on Raw was the final straw for me. uh, You know, honestly, I haven't watched it yet. What happened last night on Raw? There was um, a tag team. A gauntlet match, yeah. Gauntlet whatever for the number one contendership or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And um, they were the first team in. And they beat the entire oh. SmackDown. See, uh, okay, that's not Cesaro and Sheamus' fault. That's shitty booking. I hate yeah. it when they do that. It, it, I blame them. I don't blame them. It's just like when you had, what was it, Randy Orton and John Cena against the entire Raw roster or some shit like that. Remember that tag match? Oh, yeah. And yeah, like, or... On 14 or whatever Yeah, it was. yeah. And yeah. they basically, they won the match somehow, basically. I mean, they eliminated so many people in that match. Yeah. It was stupid, but yeah, I hate it when they do the gauntlets and the first team beats every other team because it's like, oh, you've just definitively beat every other team on the roster this one team. Now you have no place to go. Right. I mean, look, if the first team in was, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. Okay, that would make sense then, yeah. And then they go up against, you know, oh, here's here comes the Ascension. Yeah. You know, here (laughs) Here comes comes Brizango and, yeah, yeah. yeah. That that makes sense to me. Yeah. But when you have Cesaro and Sheamus go up against, I mean, Anderson and Gallows were in there Mm -hmm. and 
I don't even remember who else is on that roster anymore. But uh, Enzo and Cass, and who was the other team? It was someone that sucked that I didn't care about. The Shining Stars? No, they're on SmackDown. Oh, they moved them to SmackDown, that's right. And they're not the Shining Stars anymore. Oh, what are they called now? I don't know. Okay. Uh, but I know what you're saying. I hate it when they do that. Um, but that that bothered me a bit. Yeah. You know, at the at payback, I I thought that it was weird, especially I mean, like the couple weeks leading up to it, where they would have their hard fought matches and they would get upset, but then they'd shake hands and you know whatever. I mean, obviously it was building towards a heel turn, but I thought correct that was way too soon. Or maybe the Hardys were gonna turn heel. <laughs> Oh, come on, it's got to happen soon. Matt keeps doing his delete in the ring, so it's only a matter of time. Um, Alexa Bliss defeated Bailey for the Raw Women's Championship. I was actually kind of surprised about that. Yeah, but if if you think about it, though, none of the other belts really... I mean, like, going into the, the event, I didn't think any of the other belts had a chance of changing. Yep. So I figured that was the best bet for it but you don't have to have a title change you know you don't it doesn't have to happen but i mean it kind of does you you can't have every champion go into an event and walk back out as the champion yeah why not uh samoa joe lost to seth rollins that was a decent match with a quick you know like that fluke finish yeah i i don't know i i don't i'm not connecting with the two of them Mm mm-hmm I, I think that's what my problem is. You mean the, I mean them against each other or just them yeah. in general? No, them them against each other. Like I mean I get I, I understand it. I understand the story, but like the when they're in the ring together, it, it doesn't Yeah. The two of them are more talented in my opinion than what they're producing in the ring against each other. If that yeah. makes sense. No, it does make sense. And uh, Braun Strowman defeated Roman Reigns in the main event of the show, which, Meh. you know, I was glad to see Roman Reigns go over. You mean Braun Strowman? Shit. I was glad to see Braun Strowman go over <laughs> and, and Roman Reigns take the loss on that one. Yeah. And then... Nope, the... that was the only, those were the only matches. <laughs> Nothing else happened. So, um... Oh, in the pre-show match. The pre-show match of Enzo and Cass defeating yeah. Gallows and Carl Anderson, like, eh, in whatever. like two and a half minutes. Yeah, I wasn't a, wasn't a big fan of that one either. Yeah. So the next pay-per-view coming up we have is Backlash, uh, May 21st, the All-State Arena in Chicago, and yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura is the big uh, the big advertiser on this one. Yeah, I I think there's a bunch of stuff on this. That I'm very much looking forward to. Well, we got uh, Randy Orton against Jinder Mahal, right? Oh, yes. The Usos against Brazango. That's number two. Those are the two matches. Yeah, yeah. Right there, I'm going to call it right now. 2017 matches of the year. Co-matches of the year. Perhaps, perhaps. Uh, The match on the card, uh, two matches on the card that I'm kind of looking forward to the most right now are Kevin Owens against AJ Styles. Hell yes. And then Nakamura against Ziggler. Hell yes. Yeah. So those two matches should be great. I'm not a big fan of the fact that they're having a six man, a six woman tag team match. Yeah. You know what? I, I didn't watch all of SmackDown yet, 
yeah. I'm kind of like I've watched the first maybe the first hour. Yeah. But when they set it up to have the six woman tag match, I'm like, you know what? It seems like you could have multiple women's matches, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, unless unless they're gonna be like, hey, uh, KO and AJ go out there and have an hour and a half match. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If they okay if, if they gave them like you know an hour, that'd be awesome. But no, it's yeah. almost like they've gone. Oh, we can't let Charlotte beat Naomi for the belt right now, so we're gonna yeah, turn Charlotte true. face. Yeah. So that way, that's the you know, and then we're gonna have her team with Naomi and Becky Lynch against what they're calling the Welcoming Committee but of Natalia, Tamina, and Carmella. There is zero. And look, I hate Naomi. I think she is a terrible wrestler and a terrible champion. And Charlotte and Becky Lynch should be number one and number one A in that division. But there is zero thought in my mind that the heel team mm-hmm. has any chance, no. legitimate chance no. at all. They are no. outclassed in every single possible way, which of course means they're going to win clean in the center of the ring. Yeah. But, but Probably. I mean, come on. Natalia is not the wrestler she once was. No, she's not. Because um, she's too too busy pussyfooting around all the time now. She's, she's too busy saying yeah. ridiculous catchphrases. I mean, you can't see me. Think about the night before, okay? Think about the night before at uh, TakeOver Chicago. Tyler Bate against Pete Dunne for the United Kingdom Championship. You know that's going to kick ass. Yep. Uh, Authors of Pain against DIY in a ladder match for the NXT Tag Team titles. Come on. Yep. Come on. Asuka against Ruby Wright and Nikki Cross in a triple threat match for the Women's Championship. It's going to be great. And Bobby Roode against Hideo Itami for the NXT Championship. It'll be great until Hideo Itami re-injures himself. Well, but hopefully he does that post-match. Right. You know, on his exit right. from the ring. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you just... <laughs> he wins the bell, steps through the ropes and trips and falls on the floor, he landing on his shoulder. He roll out of the ring, and somehow he, like, his arm, like, doesn't slide right off the apron, and he catches himself and just, like, slips and breaks his ankle. <laughs> phenomenal <laughs> but those two cards you know i'm looking forward to chicago more uh, nxt more than backlash uh, I, let's be honest i think how that's isn't times, that we're supposed to be honest how many times in the recent past have you not been more excited about the nxt card than no than you're me? you're absolutely right i mean I but mean, top but, to bottom but that's okay it's always it's always the one I'm way more interested in. Yeah, it usually is. And that's fine. Um, so the women's championship, I mean, the women's tournament's coming this summer again. Yeah, has there been any more news on that? I haven't seen um, it. The only thing I've read is that, you know, it's definitely in the works. They're doing background check on some ladies. There's a couple girls from stardom in Japan that have given their notice because they're going to be coming to WWE. Most oh, likely, I saw that. Most likely they'll be involved in the tournament. Uh, it's going to be 32 women. It's going to be held. It's going to be like the Cruiserweight one. The way they did that held over several weeks. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that content, you know, being added to the network. I'm pretty excited yes. about that. Um... So, I don't know if many people have heard about this, but I'm sure you've heard of what culture, right? Yes. Okay. So they have their own wrestling thing they're doing now called it's called What Culture Pro Wrestling, and they're they're having the 2000s. They're calling it the Pro Wrestling World Cup 2017. 
and essentially it's it's a 64 man tournament that's being run over 10 separate dates beginning March 21st it's already started and it's going to see competitors from six continents compete in eight preliminary tournaments all to be held in, in several different countries and then from each one of those single fall elimination tournaments two men will advance to the finals tournament later in the summer that'll be held in the UK so so far they've already had a few tournament shows they've had i think canada well they're having shows in canada england germany japan mexico scotland and the united states and they're having another tournament that's going to be for competitors from the rest of the world uh with eight other countries represented and then two like i said two winners from each one of those tournaments are going to advance and then later this summer in the uk i think the last it's going to be in june or not in june it's going to be later in the summer sorry it'll be broadcast live well if you go on YouTube now and look up Pro Wrestling World Cup 2017, they've already posted um, f- three of their qualifier shows. Okay. The three they've had so far. And it's they've got the Scottish qualifier, the English qualifier, and the uh, Mexican, Mexico qualifier. And they're using like some very top-name talent on these qualifiers. Like very recognizable names that you would I guess recognize but you can watch them for free on YouTube they're about almost three hours a piece you know but like huh. so for like okay on the um, um I can't talk the English show for instance has Drew Galloway against Mark Coffey Joe Hendry against Kenny Williams BT Gunn against Lewis uh, Gervin and uh and then Joe Coffey against Liam Thomas. And then another match. This match is just on the show. It's a triple threat match. It's not involved in the tournament. Will Ospreay against Marty Skrull against Matt Riddle. And then El Ligro against Grado. I mean, so that's pretty awesome in and itself. And that's on right. the Scottish qualifying show. Um, hold on here. I'm bringing up the English qualifying show so I can read that as well. But those strikes just doing absolutely no damage. Sorry. On the English qualifying show, you have first-round matches. Will Ospreay against Martin Kirby, uh, Nick Aldis, who is uh, Magnus from TNA, against Rampage, Marty Skrull against Zack Sabre Jr., and Jimmy Havoc against Zack Gibson. And then, plus, in just a match, matches on the card, you have the Prestige against Bullet Club, Drew Galloway against Ricochet, Christopher Daniels against El Ligro, and and uh, Prospect versus Matt Riddle and Liam Slater. I mean, yeah. And incidentally, the Bullet Club is the Young Bucks and um, Kenny Omega. And I believe the Prestige is um, Pete Dunne, Tyler Bate, and Trent Seven. Hmm. And then... Go ahead. I was going to say, that sounds real good. Yeah. And again, all you have to do is go online to YouTube and look up Pro Wrestling World Cup 2017, and they just posted the Mexico show the other day. Right. Um, and that features Rey Mysterio against Alberto El Patron, Pentagon. Not interesting. Yeah, no. Pentagon Jr. against Ray Phoenix, Drago against El Ligro, and uh, El Hijo Dos de Dos Caras. So it's, I think it, that must be. That's the son of Dos Caras. That's like, is that going to be uh, 
Del Rio under a mask? Or is that his son? I don't know. Against Juventud Guerrero Plus, Drew Galloway it's... against Cody Rhodes, Travis Banks against Rampage, Primate against Scott Wainwright. I mean, it's it's a, those, these are great shows. Yeah. For free yeah, on the YouTube. Sounds... Yeah, for free on YouTube to watch. Yeah, I, don't, I don't understand how they make money off that. I mean, not, not even so much <sighs> how they make money off of it, but it's yep. like, how do they how do they afford to put the shows on mm-hmm. and then just give it away? I mean, uh, did they make that much at the gate? I don't know. I can't imagine they did, but I you know, because there's like a bunch of people that are like, here, watch this stuff for free online. And yep. it's like, you know, we're in an arena where, you know, there's 8,000 people. You know the the pricey seats are fifteen dollars, and here's a whole bunch of name people that you know for sure that you would love to see, and you know, I, I don't get it. Yeah, I I know what you're saying. It is it is kind of hard because it's like okay, how is this? How how is this a thing? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not complaining because you get awesome stuff for free. Right, but it it doesn't seem like it's a sustainable business model. It does it does seem uh, <clears throat> unlikely. Yeah. So, and the prestige is is the Coffee Brothers and Travis Branks. So, it's not. I was thinking of a different team, but it doesn't matter. Um, but anyways, yeah, I don't know. Worth checking out. Definitely worth yeah. checking out. So, anyhow. Anything else you want to chat about this week when it comes to the pro wrestling? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I'm going to be honest. Raw last night was an England crowd. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. They're usually a super hot crowd because, especially for TV, because it's only once a year, maybe twice a year that they get over there for that stuff. And last night was that crowd dead on raw i mean did you watch any of raw i did watch a little bit of raw and yeah it did seem like the crowd was pretty mellow for a good chunk of the show yeah i mean like the the talking segments there was silence yeah except for like one or two lines or like an entrance or something like that but during the matches there was nothing and and especially because it was a pre-tape that you would think that maybe they would, you know, Goldberg up some crowd noise. But I, I guess they hmm. just didn't do it. Yeah, you know, actually. It, it seems like, it seems like on that. the part of SmackDown <clears throat> that I've watched so far, they seem way more into it. You know? Yeah, um, so. I had a buddy that was at uh, SmackDown tonight. Oh, okay. And uh, he had posted some stuff earlier, and it does seem like the SmackDown crowd was definitely much more lively and way more into it. I mean, I'm not going to lie. What I watched of SmackDown is infinitely better than what I watched on Raw. (laughs) The the opening segment on Raw was, like, so long. And I don't understand the concept of what was going on last night because they went against it later in the show like if you have Dean Ambrose and The Miz 
as co-acting general managers because Kurt Angle isn't there and they have to run the show in his absence why is it announced later in the show that Kurt Angle has made a match for next week on Raw yeah if if he's not there and these other people are running the he show. sent a text because it's next but, week when he's in charge again right but it, I, it's weak sauce I, I get it I don't get it I get it it's weak sauce and I mean the shows have been so much better lately but last night's raw I, you assume when they're in the UK you're gonna get a big lively hot crowd lots of chants lots of everything yeah. and if for some reason the raw show didn't have it yeah the, but, the, but the Smackdown show did from what it seems what like you, yeah like I said the first the first couple matches on SmackDown, way better. Way better crowd. So, one more thing before we depart. Okay. Excuse me. Uh, this uh, short episode this week. Uh, Lucha Libre star uh, Gran Apache passed away the other day at age 58. Um, he was a... Uh, a patriarch of a wrestling family down in Mexico uh, his daughters Fabi Apache and Mary Apache and his wife or maybe ex-wife uh, Lady Apache were like you know those three ladies especially Lady Apache and, and Fabi Apache were like the top three women stars in Mexico for the AAA promotions basically since it launched in 96 so for like the last 20 years hmm. and uh, yeah I mean this this uh Grand Apache began wrestling at age 16 down in Mexico, of course, for uh, CMLL, and then he joined up with AAA, <laughs> and uh, that's essentially where his daughters went when AAA launched in '96, uh, and uh, he's been there ever since. And um, I don't know, he's just I felt like mentioning it. <laughs> so um, he hasn't wrestled more consistently these last couple of years but he has been refereeing a lot more and uh, involved in a feud with uh, his daughters against uh, the monster clown and murder clown well against the clowns right and uh, for a while there last year but anyhow that's it I just want to bring that up that he passed hmm. away we've had a lot of wrestlers pass away this year so far Anyhow, I mean, I hate saying it this way, but I've, I said it before. At, at least it's not, you know, like a 26-year-old wrestler. No, you're right. You know, being right. discovered in, you know, in a motel on the road. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, yeah, he was 58, but yeah, it's not like what we what we what we were, you know, accustomed to, I guess, for several years in a row there. Yeah. Which is sad because. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I. I was wa I forget what event I was watching, but it was something from the early 2000s. And at, as I was watching it, and I'm realizing that like more than half of the people that were on the pay-per-view are no longer living. Oh God, yeah, I know, right? I'm like, oh my goodness, like you know, like you you hear the people over, you know, over the time. But then, like, you start watching the event, and you're like, oh, man, I, I used to like this guy. I wonder what happened. Yeah, and he's, you, oh, he's, yeah, that's he's dead. And it's like, oh, man, remember this guy? Like, I can't believe he died. And it's like, oh, well, yeah, this guy, too. It's like when, um, like, on, on uh, Pritchard's show, 
but him and Conrad are talking about some of these old old shows and everything, and then one of them says, like, do you realize that all three of these guys in this match are dead now? Yeah. That's the two wrestlers and the referee. Yeah. You know, I was like, isn't that crazy? And there's so many shows now. I mean, he, he, before you used to have to go back to, like, an 80s show and be like, well, all these people on this card are dead. But now it's not even, it's not an 80s show. It's a mid-90s show. Yeah. You know? I mean, think about it. Yeah, any, I mean, yeah, there's so many of them. But like this year, you know, we've had uh, several wrestler deaths. Some are bigger names, some are smaller names, if you will, or in the world of wrestling. But um, but you're right, none of them are 26 year old people or overdosed on drugs or you know stuff like that, at least. At least not not that I'm remembering right now. Not no, there hasn't been this year so far. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's been like a bunch of like patriarchs and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, like George Emil Steel. Yeah, George Emil yeah. Steel, Superfly Jimmy Snuka, Dennis Stamp. Um, you know, o- older, older guys, older fellas. Right. But yeah, uh, I'm going to a wrestling show this Saturday night. I want to bring up real quick: Limitless Wrestling returns to Westbrook to the Armory, and Ooh. it's a pretty stacked card. It's a pretty damn stacked card. Um. Uh, the big thing I'm, I'm dragging my cousin down to, who's only been to one indie show before, is uh, the fact that Colt Cabana is going to be on the show. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, I was hoping they would do a, like, uh, he would do, like, a live podcast before, maybe. Mm. But that's not Has happening. He done that? Has he done that by you? Yes, uh, back in 2015, I went to the Boston Pro Wrestling Marathon, a weekend uh, wrestling events where the promoter was crooked and the last day got canceled and people didn't get paid and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. But uh, on Saturday, because we had a show Friday night, and then there was two shows Saturday, and in between the shows was an Art of Wrestling podcast, live recording. Oh, cool. And then the last day was supposed to be, uh, the main event was supposed to be the Rock and Roll Express against Steve Carino and C.W. Anderson. And that day got canceled, and so the rock and rolls were never up there. So that sucked. But um, there were still some good matches that weekend. Um, the whole thing was kind of a, almost like a what the fuck. I can't believe like this started out sounding so awesome and amazing, and then it just you know ended the way it ended. But um, yeah, he did an Art of Wrestling podcast in between the shows. His guests that day were Oscar from Men on a Mission. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Chris Hero closed out the show. Uh, also on the show, we had Just Incredible and uh, Biff Busick, now Oni Lorkin in, in, in NXT. So Biff was like the local guy, you know. Um, but anyway, so this this weekend at Limitless Wrestling, tickets are almost sold out. If anyone's local listening, might want to go. Fans bring the weapons match. AR Fox versus Ace Romero would be their third encounter. That's, that's you know, going to kick ass. <laughs> When you said fans bring the weapons and the next thing out of your mouth started AR, <laughs> like, uh, I don't know what goes on up in Maine. <laughs> yeah. But that's a little crazy. We, a couple few years ago, we had uh, Eddie Edwards against Mark Moment in a fans bring the weapon match in Fairfield that we went to. So my son was eight at the time, I think, maybe nine. So we stopped at the dollar store first to go look for plunder for him to buy. And he bought a cookie sheet and then we took a marker and drew a bullseye on it and then wrote Mark Moment's head goes here and so before mm-hmm. the show he went over and he showed Eddie Edwards here look at this I brought this for you to use and I have it on the, the, the DVD 
because I bought the DVD. But Ma, Eddie Edwards goes over and takes the cookie sheet and goes and, and crushes it on Moment's head and then brings it back to him and gives it back to him, gives him a high five, and then they both autographed it, and he has that up in his room. So Nice. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's a, they're doing a feud with uh, Sidney Bacabella and top, sh- top Shelf Troy Nelson where he is um, – it's uh, where, where Sydney is trying to say that, you know, wrestling's serious. It's not funny. There's no comedy in wrestling. And and Troy Nelson's big gimmick is that he's top shelf Troy Nelson. He comes out to uh, um, Never Gonna Dance Again, and he usually looks like he's sauced. It's amazing. And he's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great gimmick. He does it really, really, really well. So uh, he's had two matches in this feud. And the first guy they brought in was Kikataro. And then I was at that show. And then a couple weeks ago in Portland, I couldn't go, but Sidney Bacabella brought in Dick Justice. So it's, it's basically he's bringing in comedy guys to wrestle Troy Nelson. Right. So this time he's brought in Colt Cabana, classic Colt Cabana to take on Troy Nelson to teach him that there's no comedy in wrestling. And of course, it's it's going to backfire on Bacabella. You know it is. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and then uh, get your shit in versus get your flips in is uh, Brian Cage against Flip Gordon. And that would be a great match. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with Brian Cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Flip Gordon is a, is a New England guy, but he's been wrestling quite a bit around the country and, and whatnot. And he's just a very very talented acrobatic type wrestler i mean like I, you, yeah he'd have some great matches with ricochet or well uh, will osprey or whatever like he would have some great matches with those guys um jt dunn against john grisham would be a great match uh the mainstay posse against the Batiri, jeremy leary and skyler against cam zagami and tyler nitro and then uh six um uh, Alex Chamberlain against Mr. Grimm, and then in a six-man war, uh, the Tabernacle team and Bucks Belmar against Xavier Bell and his two mystery partners. So, and then there's other guys advertised for the show that haven't been. Uh, there's other guys advertised for the show that haven't uh, been uh, posted in matches yet. So, uh, it's gonna be a great show this Saturday night, May the 13th, in Westbrook, Maine. So, yeah. Yeah, sounds like it's going to be a good time. Yeah, I'm really looking I'm forward sure. to it. I'm sure Paul's going to get a kick out of it. Oh, shit. For some reason, I must have skipped over it somehow, but it's it's on there. Paul London against uh, Anthony Green. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how I didn't read that. I, I think I was saving it to say it last, but whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. Paul London against Anthony Green. I am that. I am super excited about that much because Anthony Green, you know, he's our first he episode. He's like a really cool dude. He is. He is a wicked cool guy. He's a great kid. Um, it's funny, he posted a photo, I think it was taken, I think it was nine years ago or something like that, when he was younger, and it's him and Paul London, when he was yeah. a, a kid, basically. Uh, right. So it's, you know, what a, you know, it's amazing how time changed. But yeah, Anthony Green's a, you know, he's a great kid, great wrestler, um, really serious about it, and he's really good in the ring. Like, I made the comment of, like, I have high expectations uh, when I saw they posted the match, and he commented back, I'm sure, he goes, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I wrote back, oh, but no. He goes, and I know it'll pay off. You know what I mean? Like, right. yeah, I mean, I'm very excited about that match. Those guys could put on some great matches. Anthony Green has been involved in, like, several, several fantastic matches that I've seen in person. Like, 
he's one of the guys when he's on the card, I'm like, awesome. I know we're getting guaranteed one good match. But now that we have Limitless Wrestling, it's yeah. like I know I'm getting guaranteed several good matches. But, you know, my level of expectation when I go to an indie show back in the day is like I look to see who's on the card. I'm like, oh, okay, well, AG's on the show, so I'll get one good match at least for my 10 bucks. This shouldn't be too bad. <laughs> but now we've all been spoiled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've been spoiled. Nice. Yeah. So I'm hoping, you know, I got some I got some good rustling I want to go do coming up. I mean, I got uh, Limitless is Saturday, and then June 2nd is a show in Fairfield. It's my day off. I'm probably going to go because there's a, a ring announcer who had passed away this year, and uh, it's a tribute show to him. Um, and then July 7th at a show in, in Fairfield, uh, Davey Boy Smith Jr. is going to be there. Oh, and I just want to go see him, get a couple cards, sign him a picture with him, and call it a day. And then June 23rd, the day before my birthday, of course, Ring of Honor pay-per-view in Lowell, Massachusetts. So. Wrestling. <laughs> Anyhow. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's it for me. Is that it for you? Um, yeah, I think so. Fantastic, then. Fantastic. I think after this, I'm going to go watch... Uh, Nature Boy Ric Flair against Ricky uh, Ricky Morton on the oh, yeah. on the network because they posted a new Ric Flair collection. It's got that match in it from Great American Bash in '86. Yep. You know what? We were talking about that the other day. Yeah, I haven't and watched I have it yet. Had, yeah, I haven't had a chance to watch that either. I think I'm definitely gonna watch that first. So cool. Yeah, I'm off tomorrow, so I might have to. Nice. Spend a little time in front of the network. Nice, nice. Yeah, do watch that, and uh, see what else should you watch. Else. Well, I still have to catch up on all the new, uh, was it table for three or whatever the show <sighs> The Team Eck one was okay. I liked the one with Shawn Michaels, Kevin Ash, and AJ Styles just because I got to see Kevin, uh, Shawn Michaels and AJ Styles sitting at a table together. Yeah, I, I've seen clips from that one. Yeah. Um, did you watch the uh, NXT where they had the uh, Jack Gallagher against Tyler Bate yet? Not yet. Oh, dude, you need to go watch that. When was that? That was a couple weeks, weeks, ago. weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. You need to watch that. That was that. Actually, that whole show is a good show. But yeah, you need to go watch that. That was a great match. Great match. So cool. All right, brother. Well, uh, I'm I'm gonna be on the, the Twitter machine at uh, Superstar Mel. Okay. What are you gonna be? I will also be on the Twitter machine at Super. Oh wait, no. no at, Aaron S. Bell. Aaron S. Bell. And then the show is... Um, Ron Bar 316. The show is Ron Bar 316. Any complaints about the show, you just you just tweet <laughs> at Ron Bar 316. And on the Facebook, we're at Podcast of a Thousand Holes.
but he had to do it his own way. He did it with courage, strong will. Now just look at him today. He's walked out of the shadows and he's blazing his own trail. He told him from the beginning that I'll never fail. Calling the natural. natural, he's naturalist to be. They call in the natural. natural, it just comes naturally. He's a son of a son, son of a gun. The host and a rodeo bulldog, that's a natural one. Now he's sitting in the saddle and he's riding real high. It's been a long, hard battle. Now it's his turn to shine. He looks to the future, but he won't forget the past. He's living proof the American dream still lasts. Now they call him the natural. He's natural as can be. Yeah, they call him the natural. It just comes naturally. He's the son of a son and son of a gun. The house doing a rodeo bull, oh, that's a natural one. I said they call him the natural, he's natural as can be. They call him the natural, it just comes naturally. He's the son of a son, and a son of a gun. The house doing a rodeo bull, oh, that's a natural one. Yeah, they call him the natural. They call him the natural. natural. It just goes naturally. He's the son of a son and a son of a gun. The house doing a rodeo bulldog as a natural one. Now they call him the natural. natural. He's not the to be. They call him the natural. 